This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Murray trying to get a running start. Cannot. Jokic in the backcourt catches, dribbles on Looney. Jokic from the chase center side. Banked it in at the buzzer and Denver wins the game. Golden State led 123-105 with 6.34 to go. They score four points the rest of the way, outscore 25-4, and lose the game. It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up. We'll bring you into the locker room and hear from Coach Kerr and the players. Highlights from the game, Warriors Wrap-Up starts now. Well, that was a disaster The Warriors led by as many as 18 points with 6 minutes and 35 seconds left in the fourth quarter, and they go on to lose at home to the Denver Nuggets. It was 123-105. to Golden State led when Andrew Wiggins scored with 6 minutes and 40 seconds left in regulation, and then Denver closed on a 25-4 run, and they walk out of Chase Center Uh, with a win. They stole a win from the Golden State Warriors, or the Warriors simply gave one away. Whichever way you want to look at it, it's all fitting to describe this Warriors loss. Welcome into Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy with you for a while, I hope. Want to hear from you all night long here on Warriors Wrap-Up as we try to get through this loss together. The Warriors have had a number of um, frustrating, upsetting, disappointing um, bad, terrible losses this season. This one takes the cake, and it's not particularly close. This is the Warriors' seventh loss of the season when leading by 10 or more points at any point in the game. Their fourth loss of the season when leading at any point by at least 18 points. And it's their largest blown lead at Chase Center this season. And the dichotomy of how this team looked in the third quarter to the fourth quarter just makes it even more painful. If you were a Warrior fan coming into this game and, and you 
You told me, you told you, you know, you heard the Warriors were going to lose by a last-second buzzer beater by Nikola Jokic. You'd say, wow, the Warriors were in this thing, huh? They got a chance to knock off the defending champs. They built off a nice performance from Tuesday against Orlando, uh, and they nearly knocked off the best team, one of the best teams in the NBA. And you might, you know, come out of that result with a little bit of positive energy, right? But not the way this went down. The Warriors put together a vintage third quarter. They outscored Denver by 20 points in the third. They put up 44 points. Uh, Denver only 24. And then the fourth quarter, specifically the final six and a half minutes of the fourth quarter, uh, the the you-know-what hit the fan. And the Warriors could not score. They score four points over the final six-plus minutes of this game. Uh, And again, they suffer their worst defeat of the season. Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy with you. Again, I want to hear from you, so give me a call, 888-957-9570. Phone lines are already uh, filling up, so if you want to get in, get in now. Tim and John, I'm coming to you here in just a moment, so hang on tight as we get rolling on Warriors wrap up. A couple other notes uh, to, to just get to, first of all. Uh, The Warriors in the third quarter were absolutely dominant. It was led by Steph Curry offensively. Klay Thompson was hitting some shots, specifically early in the quarter. Jonathan Kaminga had himself a nice third quarter. Brandon Pajemski was everywhere defensively. He scored nine points in the quarter, uh, got the Warriors going on the defensive side of the ball as well. He did some of that in the fourth quarter. I mentioned Jonathan Kaminga. He checked out with about six and a half to go in the third quarter. Did not play the rest of the game. We can get into that. Why did Jonathan Kaminga not play over the final 18 minutes of this game? It's kind of a head-scratcher. I have a theory. Steve Kerr has talked as well. I'll let you know what he said about that. Moses Moody, another DNP today. Uh, DNP CD did not play. Coach's decision for Moses Moody. I thought he could have been of use in this one for the Golden State Warriors, despite the fact that we're going to point towards the offensive issues down the stretch. Uh, The Warriors could not get a stop against the Denver Nuggets for much of this game, including the entire first half when they allowed 70 points. Um, It's a tough one. A tough one for the Golden State Warriors. Um, And and the worst loss of the season. Again, the final score, 130-127. to 127. As you heard as we kicked off Warriors wrap-up, Tim Roy calling the final few seconds of this game. Nikola Jokic hitting an incredible uh, buzzer-beating, banked-in three-pointer from just inside a half court uh, to, to win the game for Denver. But the only reason Denver had that opportunity was because of a uh, a pass by Stephen Curry, cross-court, tried to find an open man in the corner in the final few seconds Was he when he was getting trapped, but it's an easy interception for Jamal Murray, and Denver goes the other way. They call a timeout. They get it into Jokic. He hits the three. There was also a terrible offensive possession, a few possessions before that turnover for the Warriors. Four points over the final six-plus minutes for the Golden State Warriors offensively. It didn't help that you couldn't really get stops either, uh, but the offense, which was so good, so good through the first, like, 18 minutes of the half, just absolutely stuck in the mud. Bad decision after bad decision uh, in the fourth quarter over the final six minutes. All right, as promised, let's get out to the phone lines here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Mark Randy with you, 888-957-9570. Up first is Tim in North Carolina. Tim, what's up? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. What's up, Grandy? Grandy, uh, you, you, all the things you just named, at this point, 
we have to look at this coach talking about agendas and wonder what his agenda is with certain players. 6'8", 240 pounds, 6 or 7 from the free throw line, 16 points, 4 assists, 4 rebounds. The only guy putting pressure on the rim, drawing fouls, got the 4 foul on Jamal Murray. You can't get a basket. You can't do anything. Aaron Gordon got going after a guy that's the same size, just as strong as him, is just sitting on the bench watching. This coach, decision-making, all of those blown games, all of that stuff you just named off, how is that not a coach? How is the coach not held accountable for these bad decisions? What are we doing, Grandy? I mean, I hope some of those soft reporters in there hold this man's feet to the fire. And please tell me, Grandy, what are we doing? Don't play the last 18 minutes of the game. This guy, Aaron Gordon, got going when Kaminga was out of the game because at that point, Kaminga was going back and forth between Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon. Porter Jr. was doing nothing, and he was bodying up on Gordon. This is absolutely – this is ridiculous. Grandy, what are we doing, man? I mean, is anybody going to hold this? Anthony Slater is going to be the only one that will ask him about it, and he's going to give us some cockamamie excuse, Grandy, but what are we doing? Yeah. This guy can get – can we not – now, can we finally put to bed why this kid is in, his own, is in his own head? And you know what? Thank God this guy got a voice. I'm glad he has a voice. You know, I got a kid that's 24 years old, and this kid is 21, and I was hoping and pray that my son would not sit back and let somebody do this to them. You know, Moses, Moses is going to sit there and be quiet, and this guy is just going to – this coach is going to ruin this man's career because he's not going to get looked at or seen by anybody. I don't know what they're doing to Kaminga, but I'm praying that this kid gets out of here and gets a shot because I'm a fan, and I want to see him with a coach that wants him. Grandy, look at what he's doing with a coach that is not even really utilizing his strength or talent. At what point do you not put him back in the game in five minutes and say, J.K., we can't get to the rim. I need you to get to the rim. Get, get me something. I mean, come on, Grandy. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you, Tim. I'm with you, Tim. Thanks for the call. I'm glad that you brought up uh, what Jonathan Kaminga did just before he got taken out of the game in the third quarter. So it was kind of like a, a quasi-transition play for the Golden State Warriors where the defense isn't really set yet. Jamal Murray gets matched up with Kaminga. And something that Tim just mentioned um, – Murray was sitting on three fouls about halfway through the third quarter. Jonathan Kaminga realizes that, knows that he's got a smaller guy on him who he has beaten in the post time and time again leading up to that moment, doesn't settle for a jumper, goes right at uh, Murray, drives at him, draws the foul, powers through him, and one. Fourth foul on Murray. Murray checks out. That was at about the six-minute mark. And right when Murray checks out, it's when the Warriors really caught fire in the third quarter. 26-10 to 10, Golden State from that point forward. But interestingly enough, that was also when Jonathan Kaminga got taken out of the game. Now, to defend Steve Kerr for just a second here, that is normally when Jonathan Kaminga comes out of the game, around the six-minute mark of the third quarter. Ever since Jonathan Kaminga's been in the starting lineup, he's generally been checking out of the third quarter around that point. So, you know, I don't think that's necessarily like a, a terrible mistake by Steve Kerr to take him out at that moment. 
But then you start getting to the point where, okay, how does he not play in the final 18 minutes? Let's think through this. Let's think through this because Jonathan Kaminga then normally will check back in in the fourth quarter around the five or six minute mark, right? But remember what was happening at the six minute mark? The Warriors were up by 18 points. And I think Steve Kerr's thinking at that point, well, we're like a minute or two away from this game being over, right? And the the unit in there right now is playing decently. Uh, so maybe his decision was, I'm not going to go to Jonathan Kaminga uh, at that moment because the game's almost over and Andrew Wiggins was playing decently, right? And then things go haywire and you start getting to the point where you're feeling like you might lose this game. At that point, I can't find a reason why you don't bring Jonathan Kaminga back in. So up until that point, I, I think I can find a reason for it that makes a little bit of sense. It's just normal substitution patterns, right? Um, but once things start going poorly and you start getting that doubt in the back of your mind, like we might lose this game, I don't know how you don't bring Jonathan Kaminga back in this game. I mean, in his uh, 18 minutes and 57 seconds, let's call it 19 minutes. In his 19 minutes, Jonathan Kaminga, 16 points. It's his 14th consecutive game scoring in double figures. Five of seven from the field. Only took one three-pointer, which is a major step forward for Jonathan Kaminga. Got to the line seven times. Made six of those. Had four rebounds. Had four assists. Only committed one turnover. Only committed one foul. 19 minutes of basketball it was 19 of Jonathan Kaminga's best minutes of basketball honestly I feel that way I feel like if he got his normal run he's, he gets another six seven minutes or so and he's up to around 25 minutes I mean he could easily be in the 20s in terms of points he could have had six seven rebounds five assists we're looking at one of the better games of Jonathan Kaminga's career so again I'm not trying to to find uh, an excuse for Steve Kerr. I think the reason that he subbed out subbed out Kaminga in that third quarter, normal substitution patterns. But once things start going wrong for the Warriors in that fourth quarter, when Jamal Murray is hurting you, and as our caller Tim pointed out, when Aaron Gordon is hurting you, when Michael Porter Jr. is hurting you, you need a long athletic wing in there to try to, to stem the bleeding just a little bit. And that substitution never came for the Golden State Warriors. All right, let's go back to the phone lines here on Warriors Wrap-Up. I want to hear from you guys. Tons of frustration out there uh, in Dub Nation. I want to hear from you all night long. 888-957-9570. It's Mark Randy with you here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Up next is John in Modesto. John, how you feeling after that Warrior game tonight? Man, I am really frustrated. I was at the game, and I was literally screaming to put Kaminga in because in reality, he, I mean, the defense that he brings to the table, uh, I mean, I, I, it's criminal. It's criminal what they're doing in terms of the, the not allowing him to be able to play. And they need, like what you mentioned, it's a guy that needs, that needs, uh, that needs, uh, 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 to be able to show what he can do, he's got he's got the skills. I don't understand why Curry has his favorites. Wiggins was negative twelve on his plus minus. Kaminga was plus six. How the heck does he not play at the end of the game? Or oh, plus fourteen? Sorry, negative fourteen. So that, I'm just super frustrated. And from an accountability of the coaches, assistant coaches, someone has to be held accountable. 
that this game is crazy. Yeah, John, good call. Appreciate you tuning in. Uh, appreciate it here on Warriors wrap up at the game. I, I mean, the the. I feel like the Warriors crowd was into it more than it normally has been this season early, but then you got to that point, I mean, the third quarter, it was insane in the building, but then you get to those uneasy moments in the fourth, and it's almost like, uh uh-oh, here we go again moment in situation for the Golden State Warriors, because as I said at the beginning, this is the Golden State Warriors' seventh loss this season when leading by 10 or more points at any point, fourth loss of the season when leading by 18 or more points at any time this season, and this is the Warriors' worst home loss of the year in the sense that they have not blown a larger lead at Chase Center so far this season. The Warriors led by 18 points at multiple times uh, in this game, including with 6.40 to go in the fourth quarter. They led 123-105 to in the fourth quarter. Denver closes on a 25-4 to run uh, to win the game. By the way, for all Warrior fans who are who are maybe uh, anxiously awaiting how Steve Kerr explains the Jonathan Kaminga rotation. We will have that sound for you coming up momentarily. Steve Kerr has spoken at Chase Center, and when I do have that here on my board, I will get it to you immediately. Steve Kerr asked about Jonathan Kaminga and why he did not play over the final 18 minutes. We'll get that to you as soon as we can here on Warriors Wrap-Up. The other rotation question... Uh, Moses Moody did not play. Coach's decision tonight for the Golden State Warriors and Moses Moody again. It's becoming a theme again for Moses Moody. It's happening uh, almost every game now for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, And I thought Moses Moody could have been a benefit for the Warriors in this game. I mean, you look at what happened in the first half. Denver Denver scored 70 points. The Warriors could not stop anybody. Jamal Murray was a little slow to get going, did not score in the first quarter, but took over in the second and into the early third quarter. Who's the Warriors' best option at defending opposing elite point guards? I mean, do you trust Clay Thompson at this point anymore? I don't think so. Brandon Pajemski is a quality defender, but he's a rookie. That's unfair to expect that much from him there. Uh, Stephen Curry is always... Um, picked on as a defender. I think he's a better defender than he gets credit for, but we got to face reality here. He's also 35 years old and defense has never been his strong suit. He always gives uh, you know, great effort on that end of the floor, but you don't expect him to be able to stick with Jamal Murray through 48 minutes. Moses Moody might be your best perimeter defender, and I felt like there was a role for him in this game. But then you look at, I mean, some of the other minute totals. I mean, even Kaminga only got 19 minutes. Like, where are the Moses Moody minutes going to come from? I mean, Clay Thompson was great in this game. You're not taking any minutes away from Stephen Curry. Chris Paul was fine. He was one of the Warriors that were positive in terms of the plus minus. It's a it's a difficult proposition to try to find, but I do feel like Moses Moody had a role in this game, or he there was space for him to have a role in this game. Uh, because I think he's one of the Warriors' better perimeter defenders. Uh, But another DNP for Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga does not play over the final 18 minutes of this game here tonight uh, for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Maybe not the reason why the Warriors lost this game. Um, There was a lot of other blame to go around for the Golden State Warriors, but it's certainly easy to point uh, to uh, the Jonathan Kaminga rotation decisions as potentially a reason. I mean, who knows? If Kaminga plays over the final six minutes, 
uh, this might be a win for the Golden State Warriors. All right, back to the phone lines here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Up next is Max in Marin. Max, what's up? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up here with Mark Randy on 95.7 The Game. How you doing, Max? Hey, Mark Randy. Uh, I was at the game as well, and man, I am frustrated. And you just explained a lot of why I'm frustrated because uh, they're, they're, uh, Moses Moody and Kaminga our two most promising young players are not getting minutes. And I, I'm, I'm sick of it, and, and Steve Kerr has a track record of de- poor development. And these players are, when they get in there, have incredible plus-minus minutes. They have hustle plays, big dunks, exciting plays. But then he goes to the vets who are having poor plays at the end of the game. Um, and, and I'm sick of it. And I'm 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 super sick of it seeing it as a fan. Super sick of it seeing it in person. And I want to see the the young young guns play. That that that's what it comes down to. Kaminga is a superstar. In in he's coming into his own, and he has flashes of flashes of greatness. And I've not seen uh, Kerr ride the hot hand when when uh, Moody has shown promise. He's he's four for four from three. He takes him out in the third. From when uh, Kaminga is, is having a great shooting game, takes him out in the fourth. What, what's the deal? I, I'm so sick of seeing this constant theme of Kerr being the one to, to literally let us loose. And, and that's, a, that's, that's what it comes down to. He's riding these vets because he thinks, because they have a veteran presence, that they're going to be the ones to win. But it's the young guys who are keeping us in the game and the ones that are going to help us win. And I'm sick of it. Yeah, Max, good call. I, I I get your frustration. I really do, and I think every single Warrior fan out there is is with you right now. There's a number of Warrior fans who I think hesitant to to take the play the young guys approach 100%. But I think that this game pushes a lot of Warrior fans in that direction, specifically because of what you saw with the Kaminga rotation. And speaking of, I do have Steve Kerr's answer to that question. Why didn't Jonathan Kaminga play over the final 18 minutes of this game? Let's just set it up, though, really quickly. What happened? Remember, in the third quarter, Jonathan Kaminga in the game, a transition take against Jamal Murray. He forced Jamal Murray to pick up his fourth foul. He got an and one at that moment. It was the the moment the Warriors took off, right? They go on a 26-10 run to close the third quarter as a result of Jamal Murray picking up that fourth foul, which was drawn by Jonathan Kaminga. Kaminga then gets subbed out as he normally does around that stretch. The Warriors continue playing well without him. Uh, And then when Kaminga normally checks back in but didn't is kind of when the game changed and Denver took over and they ultimately go on to win the game. So, Steve Kerr, why did Jonathan Kaminga not play over the final 18 minutes of this game? Yeah, he was playing great, and and um, you know his normal time to go back in would have been around the you know five six minute mark. And uh, Wiggs was playing great, and we were rolling. We're up eighteen, nineteen, whatever it was, and so we just stayed with him. And then at that point, um, it didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. He'd been sitting for a while, so I stayed with the group that was out there. Obviously, you know we couldn't close it out. Okay, so there's Steve Curry explaining why Jonathan Kaminga did not play over the final 18 minutes. He was very good in his limited action in this game tonight. Again, as I said, 19 minutes, 16 points, 5 of 7 from the field, 4 rebounds, and 4 assists. So Steve Kerr saying, uh, again, when he subbed out, 
Kaminga in the third quarter, his normal rotation pattern, and that does check out. He normally checks out around that stage, the five or six minute mark of the third, generally sits for almost an entire quarter and comes back in at around the same time in the fourth, the five or six minute mark. But at that point, Steve Kerr saw that the team was playing well, specifically Andrew Wiggins, and decided to not bring Jonathan Kaminga in. And that's kind of what I thought Steve Kerr would say, but the part where I really had no clue uh, how he would try to find an answer to this question was, okay, well, once things started going wrong, why not bring Jonathan Kaminga in then? And as you just heard Steve Kerr say, um, he felt like Kaminga had been on the bench too long and didn't want to bring him in cold. Uh, I guess I could kind of understand that, but you're in danger of blowing an 18-point lead in the final six-plus minutes of regulation. You got to change something up. You got to change something up. It would be one thing if Jonathan Kaminga had a terrible game, had a bad game. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We're talking about now back-to-back games for Jonathan Kaminga, Tuesday against Orlando and tonight against Denver, albeit in limited action. But those two games, I think two of the best Jonathan Kaminga games, not just of this season, but of his career. Honestly, I'm less interested in, in point totals. I'm less interested in if he's making threes. I'm interested in, is he driving to the basket with force and at will? He was doing that on Tuesday. He was doing that tonight. What about Jonathan Kaminga 
on the glass. He's been more active. He's been getting his hands in passing lanes. He's making the right decisions with the ball in his hands. That's not just whether to shoot or drive or whatever. It's find an open Curry in a corner. Klay Thompson coming off of a screen. Find him. Make timely cuts. Cut in for an offensive rebound and get a putback. Defensively, it seems like things are coming together a little bit more. So the fact that this decision comes after Tuesday, where I thought Kaminga was great, and after tonight, where in his 19 minutes, I thought he was really good once again. Building on what was a very good Tuesday performance, it's just all the more frustrating. Again, if you missed it, Steve Kerr saying, Uh, The reason that he did not bring Jonathan Kaminga back in around the six-minute mark was because the Warriors were rolling, which checks out. Andrew Wiggins was playing well, and then the reason why he did not go back to Kaminga later was because he felt like it would be unfair to put him back in because he had been on the bench so long. I don't know if you buy it. I don't know if you buy it. Let's find out if you do. Let's go back to the phone lines here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Mark Randy with you, 888-957-9570. That's the number to call. Up next is Miles in Fort Mason. We've got full phone lines, so give us a call, 888-957-9570. But Miles in Fort Mason is next. Miles, what's up? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. Hey, how's it going? I, you know, of course, agree with a lot of your points regarding the coaching and, you know, the Jonathan Kaminga's minutes, were, which was just ridiculous. He's on his way to scoring 30 points, and, you know, he cuts them off short. But I think my, you know, I guess something different would be the last play. Steph's got the ball with about, you know, 10 seconds left, or, you know, or so to go in the game with, you know, what's just – the perfect opportunity for him to take the game over, you know, put up that last shot, go win the game. And I thought that, sure, they did bring that second guy up to guard him, but they had to have had anticipated that as well. Maybe a little pick and roll at the top. You know, even if it's a bad shot, we would rather have him take it, you know, at that last point. So, you know, with Steph, sure, he was our leading scorer. It's hard to criticize. It's hard to criticize him. I, I get it, but, he could have executed a little bit better down the stretch there, but you know, all these blown losses definitely do suck, but it shows that something is there and we're just so close. I don't, uh, you know, uh, all teams that lose say the same thing, but I just see a lot more there and we're just executing so poorly. So there's just, it's pretty close, but so thank you guys so much. Take yeah. care. Yeah, thanks, Miles. I appreciate you trying to find a little bit of a bright side here on a Warriors wrap-up after a game like that. We need a little bit of that uh, from this game. Miles, you're 100% right. I mean, we can focus on Steve Kerr's rotation decisions, and I know that's what frustrates a ton of Warrior fans out there. I think I I've, I've, haven't really felt as frustrated as most of you. I think tonight kind of pushes me into – uh, agreement with a lot of you about some of these decisions uh, by Steve Kerr in, in, in rotation-wise, but let's not just blame this on Steve Kerr. I mean, the Warriors had Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins and Kavon Looney and all of these veterans, all these guys who have won championships in this league, most of them who have won multiple championships in this league, and you score four points. Four points in the final six minutes of this game. We talked about it earlier. The Steph Curry turnover on the Warrior, what, what turned out to be the Warriors' final offensive possession. In a tie game, Stephen Curry getting doubled and trapped uh, deep in the left wing, 
tries a skip pass all the way to the right corner. Jamal Murray is just kind of hanging out, not exactly right in the passing lane, but close enough to make an easy steal. Certainly a bad decision by Stephen Curry. It gets stolen by Murray. They call timeout. It ends in the Nikola Jokic made three-pointer from just inside half court, banked in at the buzzer. The Nuggets win. Uh, The offensive possession before that, there might have been one in between, but there was another really bad Warriors offensive possession. I think they took a tough shot near the end of the shot clock, and they kind of luckily got an offensive rebound, and it turned into a shot clock violation because the Warriors around half court just tried to dribble out some clock. They wanted to take a shot near the end of the shot clock. Steph Curry ends up being forced into a step-back, really deep, tough contested three, does not hit the rim. They shovel the ball out to Chris Paul off another offensive rebound, but because the ball didn't hit the rim, no reset of the shot clock. Shot clock expires, a turnover, and the ball goes right back to Denver. They get a bucket, and they're even closer uh, in this game. So we can spend all night talking about Kaminga and Moody and the, the rotation decisions, and I'm right there with you. It's frustrating as heck, but... We also got to hand some of the blame to these veterans. I mean, who was on the floor that that blew an 18-point lead? And yeah, you can ask for Steve Kerr to make a change. If things aren't going, try to switch something up. I mean, in the past, in moments like this, I think back to the... It was the Kings game. I think late November, it was the game the Warriors led by 20 points uh, around there. More than that, at the end of the first half, near the end of the first half. I think it was like a 24-point lead late in the first half. Uh, and then things kind of slept, uh, kept slowly trickling. The lead kept trickling away in the second half. Moses Moody, who was out of the rotation, got inserted into the rotation and kind of turned the game around in the fourth quarter. In, at, at times when things like this have happened in the past, I feel like Steve Kerr has switched things up and went to find a spark. And at times he has found that spark. That did not happen tonight. Not that he didn't find a spark, but he didn't try to find a spark. So I get, I 100% understand all of the Steve Kerr frustration tonight. Uh, but but our caller is right. Uh, we can't ignore the mistakes that were made on the court by the players that were on the court. And we're not talking about uh, a unit full of rookies and second-year and third-year players. We're talking about four-time NBA champs making bad basketball decisions for the Golden State Warriors tonight in crunch time. You're up by 18 points with six and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. There is absolutely no reason you should lose that game. None. I don't care who's in the game, let alone two future Hall of Famers, another champion in Andrew Wiggins, another multi-time champ in Kevon Looney. No reason you should lose that game tonight if you're the Golden State Warriors. So uh, plenty of blame to go around. All right, back to the phone lines. They are lighting up, and they're full here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Let's try to free up a couple of, of those spots for you trying to get in right now. Up next is Tony in Alameda. Tony, what's up? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. How you feeling, Tony? Thank you, Mark, for taking my call here. You know, I'm watching the replay right now. I'm going to be honest with you. You know, uh, it's Steve Kerr is 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 kind of part of the blame right now. Okay, you know, uh, two seconds. Come on, you gotta you gotta play the defense here. I mean, you you don't have time to go into the paint. You gotta just watch for someone shooting from the outside. Okay, and and sure enough, and this is the Joker. 
Okay, he shot that. And he does that a lot of time. They should have known that. Okay, forget about that. Also, uh, I'm so sorry. He could be magic now and then. He makes you happy and cry. But this guy's got to go. I'm, I'm dead serious. Okay, we were up by 18 points. Him and, uh, uh, what's his name? Kuminga is okay, but some, I know a lot of people is praising him. Kuminga is not the real guy. He's been there for three, four years now or whatever. He's not developing right now. I'm waiting for him to develop like Kawhi Leonard, okay? And he's, he's not the guy. Uh, he, he needs to go. In three seconds, he's up there. What is he doing? They should have doubled up. They should have doubled up on Joker. Anybody out there, they, three seconds, it's not enough time to go throw it out there under the rim, especially it's outside on three point. You got to double up. Yeah. Yeah, Tony. I mean, Kavon Looney and, and some others, I, I'm, I'm with you. There, there's not a lot of pretty play for the Warriors in that fourth quarter. And as I said earlier, there, there's there's a ton of blame to go around. All right, 888-957-9570. That's the number to call. It's Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. The Warriors fall to the Denver Nuggets, 130-127. to uh, And I think what clearly takes the cake for the most disappointing, the most frustrating, the worst Warriors loss of the season, the Warriors led by 18 points with just barely over six and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter, and they lose in regulation. Absolutely inexcusable performance from the Golden State Warriors just after you felt like they turned a corner, right? On Tuesday against a very good Orlando team, the Warriors led for most of the game. You kind of felt comfortable throughout most of that game, and they got a win, snapping a three-game losing streak. You feel like they got a little bit of confidence, mojo back, right? And then they, they scrap and they claw with Denver through the first half, despite the fact that they allowed 70 points in the first half. They're right there with Denver, trailing by only seven, and then they put together a classic vintage third-quarter dubs Period. They outscored Denver 44-24 to in the third quarter. The Warriors were incredible. The best quarter of the season, bar none for the Golden State Warriors. They closed on a 44-21 to run after Denver scored the first three points of the third quarter. They were 18-24 of from the field in the third, 6-10 of from downtown, really 6-9 of if you take out uh, the half-court heave at the end of the quarter. Curry had 10 points, Pajemski had 9, Clay and Kaminga had 7 each. Only one turnover, the best quarter of the the season, followed by the worst quarter of the season. That's what makes it so frustrating for the Golden State Warriors tonight. All right, back to the phone lines here on Warriors Wrap-Up, 888-957-9570. Up next is Daniel. Daniel's in Indiana. Daniel, what's up? How you doing here on this Thursday evening? I could be doing better, man. I'm sure we could all be doing better. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Daniel. Gosh, you know, it, it's so frustrating that, that Kirk keeps trying to go back to this veteran lineup and take the youth out of the lineup. Negative 26 is what those those veterans ended with. Negative 26. And that last quarter, of course, impacts that a ton. But here's my thing. If you're going to uh, not – if you're going to have – not have an emphasis on defense because the stuff that I'm seeing out there is stuff that high school kids learn. Like the fundamentals are just missing. Like get your head off the swivel, take two steps back, 
you know, look, look, don't let Aaron Gordon uh, catch a back, uh, a, a backside lob, you know, because you should know where he is and be in between him and the basket. You know, there's so many of these little pieces that are just missing. And then Kerr is making these decisions and you just go, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense. If you can't stop somebody from getting to the basket, then you better be pedaled to the metal all the way in, scoring as many points as you possibly can and not let up a, a, a lick. That's what Bill Belichick used to say, right? He used to say there are two, two games being played, an offensive game and a defensive game, and our goal is to win both, and we don't stop pressing the pedal until the, the game is over. And it, what it looked like is we went into a prevent and we brought in Wiggins and you know Looney because we wanted to protect our 18-point lead, and what we found out was that Looney's overmatched. He's throwing elbows and things into people's backs and, and, and all that stuff. That, that's something somebody does when they're athletically overmatched is they try to find shortcuts to try and get the rebound or get this or get that. Kaminga should have been in. Trace Jackson Davis should have been in. Pajemski uh, should have been in. You know, and the, the, they should have just taken care of the ball. It's really that simple. Anybody, anybody in the chat could have made that last pass. Steph Curry uh, made he should have made it to, to uh, Chris Paul. He was right there, or he should have drove it all the way to the basket. You only need one point. It's just like when we passed it to Draymond in that one game, and he shot a three and bricked it. It <laughs> should have been Kaminga going in for a lob and getting fouled. Yeah, take it to the basket, get fouled. You need one point. Read the room. Yeah, Daniel. Daniel, you're right. Uh, I, I you did say you know. Pajemski needs to play. To be fair, he played eight minutes, uh, almost nine minutes, eight minutes and 40 seconds in the fourth quarter. Clay Thompson played the entire quarter. Stephen Curry played eight and a half minutes. Uh, Dario Saric played nearly eight. Andrew Wiggins played nine and a half. Chris Paul played six and a half. Uh, so you had a. A number of players playing a good chunk of minutes, obviously, in that fourth quarter. But, of course, the zeros uh, with Jonathan Kaminga. And I think you bring up a good point, uh, Daniel. The Warriors' defense in the fourth quarter wasn't great. Obviously, I think the offense is going to get a lot of the blame when you only score four points over the final six and a half minutes of the quarter. Um, But the fourth quarter defensively, it kind of reminded you of the fourth quarter defensively on Christmas Day in Denver, right? when Denver lived at the free-throw line. I mean, Nikola Jokic, a career-high 18 made free-throws on Christmas. He was perfect, 18 for 18 from the free-throw line. It was the reason he had a good game offensively, because he was actually kind of in a rare game for the MVP, struggling from the free-throw line. Um and the free, or excuse me, struggling from the field. He was incredible from the free-throw line in that game. Uh, the Warriors did a, a really fantastic job limiting Denver uh, in, in terms of getting to the free throw line in the first three quarters in the game. In the first three quarters tonight, the Warriors only put Denver on the line 18 times. That's only. It's it's not a great number, but it's it's certainly better than what the Warriors did on Christmas Day. But in the fourth quarter alone, Denver got to the line 11 times, including Aaron Gordon six times, and he made all six. Denver was 11 of 11 from the free throw line in the fourth quarter. And what does that do? You're giving Denver free points, and you're stopping the clock. It's likely going to be quick possessions for Denver when you're fouling them because the clock stops. And as a result, you are 
drastically increasing their odds to come back and win this game. And on the flip side, the Warriors couldn't get to the line. They were 2 of 2 from the line. It was a Steph Curry trip to the free throw line that snapped a 13-0 Denver run that got them back within 5. But the Warriors uh, could not keep it up after that. But uh, I think Daniel was right. Some of the defensive principles for the Warriors are off. Uh, one of the the bad habits that the rookie Trace Jackson Davis has is uh, when there's a drive coming from one side, he's the help side defender on the weak side. He'll go for a block, because, and, and you love to see that from the young guy. I mean, part of the reason why he's been playing more, as Steve Kerr has said, is because he brings a little bit more rim protection that Kevon Looney simply doesn't, and you need that without Draymond Green. Even with Draymond, he's not the best rim protector. You know, he's not the biggest, can't jump the highest. Trace Jackson Davis can certainly get up more than Draymond does. So that's what Trace Jackson Davis does. But he gets a little bit, I think, too ambitious at times. There's there's a drive coming. He's on the weak side on the block. He comes over to help, and he, he goes for a block on what's a tough shot that's well contested. Uh, he, he doesn't quite get the block. The shot misses as a result of him leaving his man. His man's wide open under the basket for an easy offensive rebound and a putback. I'm not here to pick on Trace Jackson Davis. He's not the reason the Warriors lost that. That's just an example of some of the Warriors' mishaps with simple defensive schemes, right? And it's what hurt them in the fourth quarter. You have uh, either late or too aggressive closeouts, uh, you have the Warriors helping where maybe you don't need to help. You have uh, doubling Nikola Jokic when Kevon Looney's defending him well, and he finds a wide-open Aaron Gordon for the dunk. Uh, one of our callers mentioned that as well. I think it was Daniel from Indiana. Aaron Gordon just sitting in the dunker spot, catches an easy lob for an easy two points, something that the Warriors would kill to have in that fourth quarter when they could not get anything going offensively. Uh, so there's there's a lot to be upset with on the defensive end for the Warriors. That's not even mentioning the 70-point first half that Denver had. Uh, so Daniel's right. I agree with him about the Warriors' defense in this game as well. All right, back to the phones here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Up next is Jeff, who's leaving Chase Center. He was at the game. What's up, Jeff? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up here with Mark Randy on 95.7 The Game. How you doing tonight, Jeff? I'm doing well, Mark. Thanks for taking my call. Finally got out of the parking lot after a long wait. And uh, my frustration is currently with Steve Kerr. He's been in the league for, what, 25 years, 15 as a player, 10 as a coach. And it doesn't seem like he has a pulse on the game. I feel like everybody at the game, we saw like how, how the fourth quarter was going. Uh, not to mention Kaminga not getting into the fourth quarter, playing the last uh, 16 minutes of the game. But, I mean, he has to understand – what's going on understand the flow um for any team to blow an 18 point lead over that over that span is just ridiculous there should be absolutely no reason for that um don't really have much more than that but uh steve kerr i mean he, he just has to have a better post on the game i don't know if he's ready to go um and just riding with the old guys ready for them to retire when once they go he's out but i think we need a we need a change up he, he needs to have a better post on that yeah, good call, Jeff. Uh, thanks for thanks for tuning in here on Warriors Wrap Up. You can give me a call, 888-957-9570, as uh, we'll keep going here on Warriors Wrap Up, reacting to this loss and taking your calls. The Warriors fall to the Denver Nuggets tonight. Final score, 130-127. to 127. The Warriors led by 18 points, 123-105 to 105 with 640 left in the fourth quarter. Felt like the Warriors were on their way to their best win 
of the season and a really important one at that. Uh, Denver immediately goes on a 13-0 run. They ultimately close on a 25-4 run and they win the game with Nikola Jokic heave from just inside half court that banks in at the buzzer and they escape San Francisco with the win. Denver does 130-127. to uh, Something that I just saw on our YouTube chat. I'm keeping an eye on that as well. Powered by First NorCal Credit Union. YouTube.com slash 957 the game. Uh, Sadiel. Shout out to Sadiel. Says Kamingo was the only player going to the line for the Warriors, it seemed like, and yet Kerr pulls him out. That's a good point, Sadia. I was talking about the free throw line and how that hurt the Warriors in the fourth quarter. Denver 11 made free throws in the in the fourth quarter. The Warriors only two. You look at Kaminga uh, in the game tonight for the Golden State Warriors, 16 points in 19 minutes, seven free throw attempts. He had seven of the Warriors' 16 attempts from the free throw line, so nearly half, and he made six of them. Kaminga has at times struggled from the, the the free throw line this season. He was good in that regard tonight. Um, I think that just adds to the frustration for what happened in that fourth quarter for the Golden State Warriors. You just need something, right? You need a, a stabilizing force. You need something to change. You gotta. You need to, to stop the bleeding just a little bit. You're up by 18 with six and a half left, and then this is suddenly a game. The Warriors playing another clutch game. I think it was, what, the 27th clutch game for the Warriors this season? Something like that. Clutch games defined by any game that's within five points in the final five minutes of regulation or overtime. The Warriors played another one of those. I think now they're 13 and 14 in clutch games this season, but this had no business being a clutch game in the first place. Uh, and, and maybe Jonathan Kaminga coming in and getting some run in the fourth quarter would have changed that. We'll never know, uh, but we'll see how Steve Kerr does adjust from this point forward. Um, because there's a lot of adjustments needed after a performance like this for the Golden State Warriors. All right, back to the phone lines here on Warriors Wrap-Up. The lines have been busy all night long. Uh, Give me a call, 888-957-9570. Up next is Steel Toe in San Mateo. What's up, Steel Toe? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, Thank you, Grundy. I appreciate it. Yeah, um... Yeah, I, I actually think it, it's 100% all Steve Kerr's fault. I mean, Denver attacks the paint, and they get to the free throw line, and they shoot threes. Steve Kerr's got an ego. He does not like to shoot free throws, does not like to shoot paint, doesn't want to go score in the paint. He just wants to shoot all threes and act like he's that kind of a coach that can just survive and win on threes and zero inside scoring. Um, he's uh, cutting Kaminga's sh- uh, development sh- short on purpose because he wants to be a three-point shooter. He uh, does not like power forwards and centers to score. Um, I want him gone. I-, I really don't like Steve Kerr. He should be fired. Thank you. Yep, thanks for the call, Steel. So I just think it's crazy uh, that this season has gone badly enough that that's how a lot of fans feel. I get Kerr frustrations. I, I I don't think I'll ever be on the side of things where I, I feel like Steve Kerr uh, should be fired or Steve Kerr should should not get a new contract with the Golden State Warriors. I don't know if I'll ever feel that way. Uh, and 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 maybe all of you out there disagree, and that's that's one hundred percent fine. But this is 
uh, a four-time champion as head coach of the Golden State Warriors, led the Warriors to a championship as recently as, like, what, 19 months ago? A year and a half ago? A little more than that now? Um, And this is what the conversation is right now. It's crazy, and it just shows how poorly this season has gone for the Golden State Warriors. I'm not going to talk about Steve Kerr firing. One of the one of the reasons is, I mean, I see on the YouTube chat right now from from Sab, you fire Kerr, who takes over? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Who who are you going to replace Steve Kerr with that you feel like is better? That's all I'm going to entertain uh, at this point here on Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. But for those of you who maybe joined a little late, you didn't quite hear just yet. Uh, Steve Kerr asked post game why Jonathan Kaminga, who for my money played a really good two and a half quarters tonight, why did Jonathan Kaminga not play over the final 18 minutes of the game tonight? Uh, here is Steve Kerr uh, answering that question. Yeah, he was playing great, and and um, you know his normal time to go back in would have been around the you know five six minute mark. And uh, Wiggs was playing great, and we were rolling. We're up eighteen, nineteen, whatever it was, and so we just stayed with him. And then at that point, um, it didn't feel like it was the right thing to do. He'd been sitting for a while, so I stayed with the group that was out there. Obviously, you know we couldn't close it out. All right, there's Steve Kerr uh, after the game answering why Jonathan Kaminga did not come back in the game, why he did not play over the final 18. I'm sure uh, Steve Kerr seriously um, is frustrated by the decision now, looking at, at how things played out for the Golden State Warriors. All right, we'll go back to the phones in a second. I see you, Ron, also Zach. Uh, Pat Will just called in. I see you guys. Uh, we'll get to you in a minute. Let's hear a little bit more from Steve Kerr. This is just Steve generally talking about the fourth quarter and what went wrong in that period. I mean, I just give them credit. They they um, really tightened up defensively. And then, um, you know, their guys hit some big shots. They got to the line. I thought Aaron Gordon was fantastic tonight. Uh, really dominated the second half in the paint, especially the fourth quarter. And then, uh, you know, Watson hits the big three. That was probably the shot of the game. And they did a good job getting stops. So um, yeah, I feel for our guys. That's a, that's a really tough one. I mean, um, our guys played great. And, you know, 35 assists and 10 turnovers. And, you know, we executed most of the game, but just couldn't couldn't score and couldn't get stops in that last five six minutes yeah you did execute most of the game you played well you you were up on the defending nba champions by 18 points with six and a half minutes left and then you throw it all away with arguably the worst six and a half minutes of the season frustrating 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 for the golden state warriors in a season that has been incredibly frustrating to begin with. All right, back to the phones we go here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Mark Randy with you on 95.7 The Game, 888-957-9570. Up next is Ron in Oakland, as promised. Ron, what's up? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Hey, what's up? Enjoy your show. Listen, uh, this is all Steve Kerr. All Steve Kerr. Bro, respond to your superior. He, the, the coach go down with the ship. I was done with him last season. I was I was like, oh, man, he's back again. They're going to let him back. But, listen, we we suck right now. And this coaching, bro, he took Moody out. He took uh, Moody out a few games ago when Moody was red hot. He's just not making astute coaching decisions. And this, this can be deconstructed on so many levels. Draymond being out 10 games. Uh, the general manager don't see the need to get us some bigs. 
We've been playing small ball. The whole league knows our number now. They got the card. Small ball's out now. People are getting big. NBA is big again. And they won't. We they will not. I'm like, what is it that the Warriors hate about getting the big? The previous caller nailed it. With he hates centers and and he's he's just going for the three point line. Uh, we've let a lot of good players go that can play interior and in the paint. And I just <clears throat> that Moody decision. Regardless, I don't care what was going on with Wiggs. He should have let uh, he should have let Kaminga rather that Kaminga decision really. They should have let Kaminga back in. And Kaminga deserved those minutes. He worked for those minutes. I don't see how you keep a, a Wardell Steph Curry motivated to stay here and to just – I mean, look at – man, my heart went out to see Steph with the mouthpiece in his mouth at the end of the game. Yeah, he missed – you know, he threw the ball away, whatever. But he has to night after night after night put this team on his shoulders. Yeah. And – even when it's no Clay Thompson and everybody else having a bad night, he's not allowed to have one. This is a coaching decision. We have good talent, but knowing when to put them in and when to take them out is a charm. And that just, to me, is something. I mean, and not just Steve Kerr. It's like nine guys over there wearing black and slacks and sitting on two rows. Who the hell are those guys that we're paying? I mean, this is just ludicrous the way, you know, this is crazy, man. Thank yeah, good call, Ron. Appreciate you tuning in to, to Warriors wrap up here on ninety five seven. The game, I think, uh, there's you know, reality is knocking on Steve Kerr's door right now, and he hasn't answered the door yet. But uh, the knocking is getting louder. Maybe they're kicking at the door now. I think reality is catching up to Steve Kerr with uh, this conversation about the veterans and the rookies, and we can dive more into that on the other side. We got uh, a couple of uh, spots open on the phone lines as well. Uh, I see you guys all lining up. Zach, uh, along with Pat, Al, Will, and Brian, I see you all. We'll get you on the other side, so stay with us. We got to hit a quick break. When we come back, more Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game as the Warriors lose uh, in incredibly frustrating fashion to the reigning champion Denver Nuggets, 130 to T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 
127. More Warriors wrap up next on 95.7 The Game. Over to Pajemski. He'll attack. Comes out of the pack. Leaves it for Curry. He goes baseline. Gets a path to the rim and scores. Used his body. Went right into Jokic. So Jokic couldn't challenge the shot. Long pass. Stolen by Pajemski. Pajemski. It's a foot race to the rim. Goes up and scores. He beat Porter Jr. And Jokic to the rim. And Denver calls another timeout. The Warriors have an 18-point lead. It's their largest of the night. And listen to Chase Center. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Uh, back when things were looking good for the Golden State Warriors. Brandon Pajemski, a bucket, a steal, and a bucket. Warriors lead by 18 points. You're feeling like they're about to knock off the defending NBA champs. That'll be a great Thursday night in San Francisco. And then what happened? And then what happened? The Warriors blow an 18-point lead with six and a half minutes left. Denver immediately responds. They go on a 13-0 run to get within five points with about 3.20 left in the fourth quarter. They close the game on a 25-4 run from that moment, uh, and they win on a Nikola Jokic banked-in, buzzer-beating three from just inside a half court uh, to win 130-127 to is the final score. Uh, Frush rating for the Golden State Warriors uh, and one of the no, not one of not even close the worst loss of the season for the Golden State Warriors and and one of the main reasons why obviously that the final six minutes were so incredibly difficult to watch but, but because you just were treated to the best quarter of the season for the Golden State Warriors and it felt like it felt like finally after what, how many games have the Warriors played so far this season? They're now 16 and 18. Uh, so what, after 33 games, now 34, but after 33 games, it finally felt like the Warriors were turning things around just a little bit. They put together a 44-24 to 24 third quarter. They go 18 for 24 from the field. Like, let that sink in. They made 18 field goals in the third quarter. 18 for 24, 75% shooting in one quarter. They go 6 of 10 from downtown in the third quarter. Really 6 of 9 because one of those was was a heave at the third quarter buzzer. But 6 of 10 from downtown. Curry was in double figures. Pajemski had 9. Clay and Kaminga each had 7. They only turned the ball over once. Once in the entire quarter. And they put up 44 points. The best quarter of the season and it's all for naught. All for naught because the Warriors scored only four points over the final six and a half minutes of regulation in this one. And they get beat uh, by, you know, their own shortcomings, but also the greatness of Nikola Jokic. If you were watching the game on TNT, if you were listening here on 95-7 The Game, however, uh, you, you took this one in. You probably heard this stat, but it's too good to not give back to you. Nikola Jokic over his last four games... 39 for 44 from the field. What? Over his last four games, Jokic 39 for 44 from the field. Tonight in this game, 34 points, 9 rebounds, 10 assists, 13 of 16 from the field, 6 of 7 from the free throw line, had a couple of steals and a block as well. He was incredible. That's why he's a two-time MVP, an NBA champ, and, and might win a third MVP this season. The Warriors got beat by an MVP, um, but they also beat themselves with the final stretch of that fourth quarter. 
All right, back to the phone lines here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Mark Randy with you, 888-957-9570. About an hour in here, and we still got a lot of calls to get to. Keep them coming. Up next is Zach in Pacifica. What's up, Zach? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up here on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? Hey, man, right on. Thanks for having me on. Um, I know we've heard a lot about Steve Kerr, these past couple callers, and I think each of them have absolutely nailed it. And I'm just here to say a couple more things. I am so just sick of this guy man i think he has the most atrocious rotations he has no idea what he's doing and the biggest part for me is jonathan kaminga he is one of our most efficient most great all-around players on this team today he had 16 points in 18 minutes and there's absolutely no reason for him to come out of this game and not play a, a not sniff the floor in the fourth quarter honestly if i'm jonathan kaminga dude i am just I would request a trade, and I hope he doesn't. But, I mean, for his own good, he needs to get out because Steve Kerr is absolutely ruining this man's career. He's absolutely destroying it. And then um, and, and Kaminga, if Kaminga had a different coach, he'd be an all-star by now. But also with Moody, just giving him random DMPs, he's, like, not playing. And, and he, he's, he's – okay, Steve Kerr, inconsistent with his rotations. You can't get any fluidity. You can't get any rhythm with this. The players have to be so confused when they come in and out, in and out, all the time. It's just this guy's time is up. He's, I don't know. He doesn't put us in the best position to win in every game. It's always him in the post game. Well, I could have done this differently. Every game he says that, and it's the same thing. Repeat. His time is done. Got to get him out. Got to fire him. Thanks, man. Yeah, appreciate the call, Zach. I appreciate you tuning in here. Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. Seeing a lot of love for that call for Zach on the YouTube chat right now. Also keeping an eye on the Comcast Business text line, as always, here on 95.7 The Game. As I said before we went to break, I think reality has has kind of been knocking on Steve Kerr's door for a little bit now, uh, and it's been combination of some of the young guys playing well and to be fair to Steve Kerr I mean Pajemski had been starting for a while Kaminga is starting now you might argue the only reason Kaminga starting is because of Draymond Green's suspension and you may be right uh, but Steve Kerr has been playing certain young guys a whole lot more than he has in the past Um, but the other half of this is that he's just been waiting pleading with his veterans to play better, specifically Andrew Wiggins. And that's a big reason why Pajemski was in the starting lineup in the first place. But Steve Kerr has just been holding on to hope that his veterans are going to play better. And I can't really blame Steve Kerr for holding on to that hope um, because I think the only chance the Warriors have at being a legitimate championship contender is if Andrew Wiggins plays like he did in the 2022 postseason, right? Like, Clay isn't as good as he was then, even though that was only 19 months ago. Uh, you need Andrew Wiggins to be the 2022 postseason Andrew Wiggins. Now, if he continues to not be that, then you have a very easy conversation of, okay, well, he should be dropped down in the rotation. He should be getting fewer minutes. Now, to be fair, he is now. He's not starting. He could be starting, but he's not. He's not starting for the Golden State Warriors. At the three. The Warriors are going with Steph Curry, Chris Ball, and Clay Thompson. Clay is starting at the three. Wiggins is not. Wiggins could be starting. Steve Kerr has not gone back to that. But he's holding out hope that eventually Andrew Wiggins figures it out once again, maybe to a lesser degree, Clay Thompson. I think this conversation is a lot more about Andrew Wiggins than it is about Clay Thompson. But that's part of what this is 
for Steve Kerr. But the reality is, the reality is we're now 34 games into the regular season. We are approaching the halfway point. Seven more games and we're at halfway for this season for the Golden State Warriors. And the reality is, Andrew Wiggins is not playing like the Andrew Wiggins you would have wanted, that you had hoped for. So the reality for the Golden State Warriors is, at least it's more likely now, that maybe he doesn't ever get back to that form. And then, as a result of that, what's your best option moving forward? What makes you the best team right now? It might be playing Jonathan Kaminga more. Now, he's starting right now. I get that. But what happens when Draymond Green returns and Andrew Wiggins, as a hypothetical, still is struggling? What happens then? Does Steve Kerr go back to Andrew Wiggins? Does he slot Jonathan Kaminga to the three, which he hasn't really done a lot of? Does he move Draymond Green to the five and start Kaminga at the four? Does he go ultra small? I don't know. But the reality is that the young guys have been knocking on Steve Kerr's door for a while now. And the knocking is getting louder and louder and louder. Part of the reason is because Kaminga's playing really well. The last two games, I said it earlier, I think two of the best games of Kaminga's career. Tuesday against Orlando and tonight, albeit not playing in the final 18 minutes, fewer than 20 minutes tonight for Kaminga. Really, really good performances in consecutive games for Jonathan Kaminga. But the other half of this conversation is that the veterans, some of them, have let Steve Kerr down this season. But the talk, the knocking on the door, ringing the doorbell, they're they're kicking the door down now. You're getting close to that point where the reality is just going to punch Steve Kerr in the face at some point that the veterans, some of them, are not the group that gives you the best chance to win right now. We are inching closer towards that moment, I think, for the Golden State Warriors, as close as we've ever been. And something that our caller brought up was if you're Moses Moody, if you're Jonathan Kaminga, at what point do you just get frustrated with this? And Jonathan Kaminga's already been frustrated, right? I mean, uh, after the Christmas game in Denver where he did not close, Andrew Wiggins closed in that game. By the way, that was the right decision by Kerr on that day. Wiggins was incredible on Christmas Day. But Jonathan Kaminga was understandably so frustrated. And Steve Kerr has said time and time again, I want my young guys to be upset by my rotation decisions. If they're not upset, maybe they don't care enough about this, right? I want them to be upset when I decide to play someone else over them. So I think our caller is right. Frustration is going to grow from some of these young players who feel like they're deserving more than what they're getting. Uh, And it kind of reminds me of a conversation I heard earlier today on Willard and Dibs. I'm going to play this cut for you. Jason Dumas of Cron, who was reporting earlier today that there are questions that have been posed to Mike Dunleavy about the Warriors' plan for Moses Moody, who's now been a DNP CD, did not play coach's decision in three straight games. Here's Jason Dumas talking about some of the frustration for Moses Moody. The people around Moses, they're frustrated with just the lack of having a role and the lack of consistency. He's in the rotation one day, he's out of the rotation one day. He seems like, this is for lack of a better term, he almost seems like the sacrificial lamb, so to speak. Whenever there's just a long jam, he's going to be the guy that falls out. 
And from what I understand and what I've been told, Moses loves the Bay Area and he loves playing for the Warriors, but I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, Obvious might not be the right word because Moses has such a good temperament, but uh, I think it's understandable. That's the word I'm looking for. It's understandable that someone in his position with a lot of talent, young, would be frustrated and would want a clear path to playing time, whether it be here or somewhere else. I don't think tonight eases any of the frustrations for Moses Moody or Jonathan Kaminga. I know Jason Dumas again there on Willard and Dibs earlier today. Dumas, of course, the sports director for Cron, does a great job. You hear him sometimes here on 95.7 The Game as well, talking there specifically about Moses Moody. But Moses Moody, we haven't heard him, uh, you know, voice frustrations before, right? Jonathan Kaminga has been the one to talk to Marcus Thompson of The Athletic and some others uh, about frustrations that he has with playing time and not sure what his role is and, you know, not closing certain games in the fourth quarter and all of that. Tonight did not ease any of those concerns. So not only are we getting to a point where maybe Steve Kerr has to reevaluate what makes this team the best, what what is his best unit, what is his best group, what is his trusted five to turn to, maybe we're approaching that moment But we're also approaching a moment where if he does not make a change, you might lose Jonathan Kaminga or Moses Moody. You might lose them moving forward. That's a realist that that that's realistic. That that is a possibility for the Golden State Warriors moving forward. It is. Uh, And it's it's wild that we are having this conversation just 19 months removed uh, from a championship for the Golden State Warriors. All right. Back to the phone lines here. On Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. Mark Randy with you. Give us a call, 888-957-9570. Up next is Pat in Mountain View. What's up, Pat? You're on Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? Good, Mark. Thank you for having me. Uh, <clears throat> you know, one thing that was good, even though it was a terrible loss, Clay Thompson didn't play with uh, negative energy. He was He was just letting things flow. And I think that was great. The only thing I thought, though, was when the Warriors built an 18-point lead, there was a lot of teamwork, a lot of ball movement. And then at the end, Curry, I don't know why, he started diverting from the teamwork to one-on-one play. And yet Podzemski was open. Chris Paul was open. I mean, aren't you trying to look for the best shot? They're not as good a shooter as Curry, that's for sure, but they're if they're wide open, they should be getting the ball to shoot. Shouldn't that be the case? Yeah, I agree with you, Pat. Um, we spend a lot of time talking about rotations and minutes for so-and-so and X, Y, and Z and all, and all of those conversations. Um, the players on the court for the Warriors in the fourth quarter let the Warriors down. Uh, and again, we, we take a look at who was on the floor in the fourth quarter for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, Clay Thompson played every second of the fourth quarter. Stephen Curry played eight and a half minutes of the fourth. Andrew Wiggins played nine minutes and 39 seconds of the fourth quarter. Pajemski was out there for nearly nine minutes. Chris Paul for six and a half. Uh, who else? I mentioned Andrew Wiggins. Trace Jackson Davis got a couple of minutes. Dario Saric was out there for eight minutes. You're talking about a majority of... Veteran group out there for the Golden State Warriors. Uh, And as our caller just pointed out, you had 
a, a terrible decision by Stephen Curry to make that cross-court pass in the Warriors' final offensive possession that directly led to the game-winning banked-in three at the buzzer by Nikola Jokic. You had a poor offensive possession, I think maybe like 45 seconds of game time before that, maybe a minute before that, uh, where you, you actually got a couple of offensive rebounds. You tried to kill a little bit of clock, and you took a really tough fadeaway three-pointer uh, that didn't even hit rim. You got the offensive rebound again, uh, but because the shot didn't hit the rim off the hand of Steph Curry, the shot clock did not reset. You couldn't get a shot off in time. That's a team turnover. Denver turns it into points, uh, and, and they inch closer. And then, again, eventually you lose. Uh, and that's just a couple of offensive issues for the Golden State Warriors. They only committed four turnovers as a team in the fourth. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Uh, two turnovers, one by Stephen Curry and one by Dario Saric, and then two team turnovers. One of those was that shot clock violation that I'm talking about. But Denver turned those four Warriors turnovers into seven points in the fourth quarter. Turnovers weren't terrible in the quarter, but they came at the most inopportune times for the Golden State Warriors. And again, from a unit that is mostly veteran. Mostly veteran. It's it's hard to make sense of for the Golden State Warriors. It should be nearly impossible to blow an 18-point lead when you've got, what, six and a half minutes left. I don't know how you guys do this in your mind, but when I try to, to find like the line between insurmountable lead to give up, I think back, well, it was game one of the 2013 Western Conference Finals second round, right? It was the Warriors and the Spurs. If you remember this game, it was after the Warriors beat the Denver Nuggets in the first round. This was the beginning of this era of Warrior basketball, although it was Mark Jackson as the head coach, but the beginning of Steph, Clay, and Dre as a trio, right? They made the playoffs. They were the sixth seed. They upset Denver, the three seed, with Andre Iguodala on that team in the first round. And then they go into San Antonio, who went on to win the championship, by the way. They go in, or I think, no, that year they lost to Miami in the finals. They beat Miami the year after. Regardless, a great San Antonio team. And you go into San Antonio, a place the Warriors hadn't won in since like 1980 or whatever. Like it had been forever since the Warriors had won in San Antonio. And they have a 16-point lead with four minutes left. 16-point lead with four minutes left, and they found a way to lose that game. I think Jarrett Jack missed a couple of free throws. Richard Jefferson with some bad moments. Kent Bazemore, shout out Kent Bazemore, had bad moments. Um, But that's like the line I use when I think about leads that you absolutely should not give up. It's about four points a minute, right? Four minutes, Warriors are up by 16, game one in San Antonio, and they lost that game. That game went to overtime, and they lost. Tonight, the Warriors are up by 18 with about four and a half minutes, or pardon me, six and a half minutes left. So if you're to follow that line that I kind of use ever since that fateful day, what, in like April in 2013, about four points a minute. So I can do the math in my head. What, six times four, 24, uh, plus two more points for the half minute. So you, you you shouldn't be able to blow... Uh, you know, a 24-point lead in the final six minutes. I know 18 points isn't quite within that range, or it is within that range. That's, uh, you know, a more believable loss to blow. But the point is, you're on the cusp of, like, insurmountable deficit for the Denver Nuggets, and you find a way to lose. It, it, it did bring back memories of that for me, for the Golden State Warriors. What's funny enough about the Warriors 
after losing game one in heartbreaking fashion like that, uh, they they came back and they won game two in San Antonio. Clay Thompson went crazy, and it was his first real uh, Clay Thompson game in the postseason. All right, that was a long aside. Let's get back to the phones here on Warriors wrap up on 95.7 The Game. Up next is Will in San Francisco. Will, what's up? You're on Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. How you doing? Good. How about you? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm doing well. Happy New Year, uh, yeah, Will. No, I just, yeah, Happy New Year to you, too. Um, you know, I just wanted to talk about some of the late-game decisions. Um, you know, I, I, I don't blame Steph because um, he did move towards iso ball towards the end of the game there. Um, I think that what that creates is less ball movement. And something that I was upset with is that the other guys seem to be ball-watching a little bit. Um, and if the other guys were more on their feet and moving around, I think Steph would have had a clear path to uh, get an open look. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I don't blame any certain person, Steve Kerr or the players, because the players shoot the ball. They're the ones that score. I think Steve Kerr, like you've said many times, is kind of at a crossroads. Um, you know, the other day, Clay made that big press statement about how Steve sat down with him and told him to enjoy the moment and negative energy affects the team. And I think Steve needs to look in the mirror with that statement a little bit. I think he needs to say, hey, I've had hope in these guys. We've had great highs, the highest of highs. We've created dynasty. Um, but, you know, we need to look at the facts of the matter, and that's that hope can lead to denial. And if he doesn't understand that, hey, I have to take a step back and reapproach how I'm coaching this team, um, we're, we're not going to get over the hump because the rest of the league is caught up. And, you know, I think he was given a Ferrari as a coach. He had this great backcourt. Then he was given Kevin Durant, and he never really had to – feel the pressure of, of these really tough coaching decisions. And now that they're kind of in the twilight of their careers, um, I think Steve needs to say, hey, maybe I need to reassess this because maybe my energy is ruining the energy of these young guys that have a chance to really succeed in this league. Um, I think the big hope and like the, the silver lining of this all is, like you said, we've had 27 clutch games. Um, and that means that we're running with the best of them. And you know, if Steve doesn't want to change his ways, I think if Dunleavy can make some big calls and, you know, maybe make a midseason trade and get a piece or two that can kind of equalize those those late-game woes that we've been having and kind of force Steve's hand to say, hey, if you don't want to play these guys, then, you know, I'll trade Andrew Wiggins or I'll do this so that we're kind of forced to bring in some young talent that can really equalize and calm the game down and give these other guys a rest so that Steph can make those shots in the end. So Clay's legs are a bit fresher make those shots Um, but overall I don't think this is like a red alert I don't want to fire Steve Kerr I mean he's done great he's not a horrible coach I think that he just needs to just like Clay step back and say hey I need to change how I'm doing things and that's going to lead to the success of our team yeah appreciate the call Will Uh, very level-headed call I I think good one here on a Warriors wrap-up you're right I I think you used a good phrase there Steve Kerr is at a crossroads I use the you know Reality is knocking on on the door metaphor, but I, I like crossroads as well. It feels like Steve Kerr is getting to a point where he he has to make a decision about what is best for this team because I feel like the reason why he's been sticking with the veterans, and I can't really blame him for it, is because he assumed, and why wouldn't you, that your team is going to be better when you play your veteran more proven players. Right? Like, that's, I mean, you're probably going to be better when you play your guys that have won you championships in the past, right? 
But the reality is, and, and the crossroads that we're reaching is, maybe that's not the case anymore. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. And it's not like we're just reacting to just this one game tonight. And by the way, I mean, the veterans weren't bad tonight. They really weren't. I mean, Clay Thompson, who the caller brought up uh, as a result of that conversation he had with Steve Kerr, where Clay, you know, talked about his bad negative energy and how it's bringing the team down. He's got to be more aware of that. I mean, Clay had 24 points, 9 of 18 from the field, 4 of 10 from downtown. Uh, Was great in that, I think it was the second quarter when he hit uh, three of his threes. I can double check on on that for you. Uh, Yeah, it was the the second quarter when he was 3 of 5 from downtown, and they were all in rapid succession. Like, Clay was good, and he was under control. He was making the right decisions, did not turn the ball over once. Uh, He had three rebounds. He had three assists. He shot 50% from the field, 40% from downtown. Like, Clay was good. Uh, Stephen Curry, we talked a lot about some of those turnovers down the stretch, but he scored 30 points again. Ho-hum for Steph, 30 points, 11 of 23 from the field, 5 of 12 from downtown, had four rebounds, had six assists, only two turnovers. One of them just happened to come at the worst possible moment. But, I mean, Steph Curry was good today. Chris Paul, nine points in 30 minutes. But, you know, you're not playing Chris Paul for his uh, his scoring. Also had four rebounds and six assists. Did not turn the ball over once. Chris Paul by no means was bad. Andrew Wiggins, the plus-minus doesn't look good. He was minus 14. Now, the reason his plus-minus does not look good was because he was on the floor uh, during that fateful six-and-a-half-minute stretch to close the game. But he was 5 of 10 from the field, 11 points, had three rebounds. He wasn't bad by any stretch either. Like The veterans weren't bad tonight. Dario Saric was great off the bench, right? 5 of 10, 13 points. How many times did, would he just dominate uh, the, the Nuggets in, in the paint? When Jokic was out, Saric would come in, and Saric would take whoever it was was guarding him, whether it was Zeke Naji or uh, you know a smaller Christian Brown or even Aaron Gordon, Michael Porter Jr. It didn't matter. Saric was good. Like, the veterans were good today. But the larger picture is they're not winning you basketball games right now. So when do you change up the strategy? When do you change things up? And I feel like a loss like tonight, again, even though the veterans weren't bad tonight, a loss like tonight uh, pushes Steve Kerr in the the direction of, all right, maybe I got to change things up here because this just simply isn't working. All right, a few more phone calls to get to before we do wrap this up on Warriors Wrap Up. Up next is Al in Alameda. What's up, Al? You're on Warriors Wrap Up on 95.7 The Game. How you doing, Al? Yes, hi. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, uh, right away, I'm going to bring this up before I go to my main menu here. We need a big man, bottom line. Big man, bottom line, okay? Okay, tonight's game, you know, we were up, what, 16, 18 points? And it went haywire, okay? Uh, we could have we won that game, or we should have won that game. And unfortunately, people saying, Steve Kerr, that's his fault. Come on. It's, it's not really his blame there, okay? We have players out there who didn't really step up. I mean, uh, Curry, he made that mistake there. We could have made it up, but the defense in three seconds, we could have doubled up on Joker. That's the bottom line right there. Double up on him in three seconds, okay? 
that's that's what I take. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thanks, Al. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean the, the Warriors just—you're right. I mean they 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 could have done a lot of a lot of things differently in this game, and and they didn't. But it's it's frustrating because you look at like the Warriors through. I mean, what, 48 minutes in a game? Through 42 minutes, they were playing, like, not a perfect basketball game. I mean, they gave up 70 points in the first half, right? And uh, the defense, I think the defense is this team's problem moving forward, despite the the awful offensive execution in the fourth quarter. I mean, this team struggles to defend uh, anybody, everybody right now. Whether you're a big team, you're a small team, you're a shooting team, you're points in the paint team, you get out and run, you, you play in the half court – the Warriors are really struggling to defend anybody right now. I think that's the problem. Um, but still, through 42 minutes, 41 and a half, if you want to be more precise, the Warriors had an 18-point lead against the reigning NBA champions. And then it all, of course, went to hell. All right, a couple more callers here on Warriors Wrap-Up. Uh, Arnav will get to you in a second to wrap things up. But first, it's George in Berkeley, What's up, George? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up here with Mark Randy on 95.7 The Game. How are you doing, George? Doing well, Mark. Thanks for taking the call. appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, of course. You've you given me a lot to think about, as I've heard the other callers, and while I'm not going to go off my point that I, you know, Kerr should stay as coach, it, it really does, um, you've you got to look at everything. There's been no Draymond. There's been uh, no uh, Bob Meyer. There's been no Iguodala. And this is a brand new year, and and you know, of all things, I don't think Chris Paul was the right guy to add to the team. Uh, yeah, I mean, George, honestly, I've I've had this conversation off air. I feel like uh, Chris Paul's had some like major stretches this season where he hasn't been as good as I feel like a lot of like everyone else has argued. Although I think Chris Paul has been fine recently. I mean. The last like five games, he's been shooting the hell out of the ball. He's been great from downtown. There's only one of three uh, from downtown tonight. I have it in my notes here. Let me check really quick. Chris Paul uh, entering the game 13 for 21 on threes over his last four games and then made three or more threes in three of his last four games. Like He's been incredible from downtown. Uh, I don't think blaming Chris Paul for this season or that was the wrong acquisition I don't. I'm not sure I'd go that far. Uh, I mean, Chris Paul. I mean, he's he's been starting the last couple of games. I think he started like ten games so far this season. Uh, largely, he's been positive. I don't think he's been an, a home run. But the other thing about that acquisition is the Warriors were severely handicapped. Um, the only reason they were able to acquire Chris Paul in the first place was because they signed Jordan Poole to an extension. Uh, you know, the off season prior, uh, and you know, you didn't really have a ton of options to go out and get someone because you had to move someone off and what is Jordan Poole worth across the league, whatever. That, that's a conversation for a different day. I would disagree with you, though. I don't think um, I am looking at the Warriors' struggles this year and pointing to Chris Paul at all. All right, last call, and then we'll get out of here in a couple of minutes. Uh, it's Arnov in San Jose. Arnov, uh, bring us home. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Or I was doing good, but how are you guys doing? <laughs> Yeah, what'd you think of that game tonight, Arnov? Um, yeah, so I was actually at the game. I went to the game in person, and like I got a few thoughts, a few things I want to get off my chest. One, that last shot, there's nothing we could do about that. You put him, you forced him into the into the best shot that he could have possibly taken, and it's Nikola Jokic. He's going to make that 99 percent 
Well, not, not 99, but if it, anyone's going to make that, it's going to be him. Um, but my main problem with that is that you could feel the game slipping away, and when a team is, uh, is going on a run and they're cutting down at your lead, you want to do something as a coach, change it up, uh, put in fresh bodies, do something. But Steve Kerr did absolutely none of that. And that's my main problem. He was sitting on the bench. It's not like he was getting up and being vocal, telling his guys where to be, uh, what to do. He was kind of just sitting there and letting it happen. Um, with Kaminga, it's a whole other issue. I think that Curry needs to put aside whatever beef he has because at this point, I can't really find any logical explanation for why he's acting like this or why he's refusing to play him. Um, the same goes with Moody because if, uh, you can see Moody get, gets up every five minutes goes to the cycling bench, warms up, comes back on the bench just to sit. And this is like the fourth game that's happened. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is Dario Saric. Dario Saric can shoot, don't get me wrong, he can shoot and he can make the layup. But for him, there's no really in-between with that. Uh, he has the shooting ability of a guard, but he doesn't have the speed of a guard, doesn't have, not athletic at all. So when he's shooting a shot, you can't rely on him to get the rebound unless it falls directly in his face. Uh, and I think the way to solve that is you need to get either A, a guard that can shoot, or B, a big that can be a reba- get rebounds and be a defensive presence in the post, um, or just like an intimidation in the post. Because Kavon Looney, with all his injuries and with everything he's gone through, I don't even blame him the fact that he can't get up like he used to it and grab those boards and, and be that intimidating figure in the, in the paint. Um, but other than Kavon Looney and a young Trace Jackson Davis, who I don't expect at all, to have the experience that he needs to have to close out those clutch minutes. So I think we need to do something there. We need to figure it out, whether that be getting like a Laurie Markkinen type player or just getting a shooter who can shoot and have that uh, speed to advance the ball and increase the pace, which we play so well with. Um, the last thing I wanted to talk about was Stephen Curry. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have talked about this already, but one thing that I feel especially is that Stephen Curry, I don't know if it's his ego getting in the way, or something, but this season especially, he started off games with like four points or six points, and then he'll score like 20 points in the in the second half. But he tries to be the hero, and don't get me wrong, he's the best player on our franchise, the best player in our franchise in history, but trying to be the hero when you could just make the smart play and dribble the ball out just like in that last play, um, it, it, it kind of just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, good way to end it, Arnav. Appreciate the call. Um, we'll see what the Warriors do at the trade deadline. Uh, it's it's going to be a, a big question. I mean, part of it. I talked about this before. If you listen, you know, to Warriors this week, last week. Part of what the Warriors have to do is prove that they're worth a big move, right? If they keep, you know, racking up losses like this, I mean, the front office is going to decide with that, with or without Draymond Green, this team isn't good enough to warrant making a move and to warrant trading away a valuable piece, right? You're not going to get anything of value in return if you don't part with Jonathan Kaminga, most likely, right? Like it's going to be Wiggins or Kaminga plus a different contract plus picks, most likely to get anything of substance. I mean, the caller talked about Markkinen, which would be great. He would be a great warrior, um, but how are you going to get something of substance if you don't move off of something of substance? Uh, So, is this team even good enough to warrant that move? And if you're asking me right now, uh, I'd say probably not. Probably not. All right, let's uh, wrap things up here. we got a couple of pieces of business to take care of. Up first is extending the three-point line, and for that, we'll go to Warriors rookie Brandon Pajemski. 
Final minute of the third. Paul off a screen by Jackson Davis, and it was nasty. Paul skipped it to Pajemski, lets it go. Three ball, right corner pocket. The Warriors have a 15-point lead, and Michael Malone wants to talk it over. I feel like it was Brandon Pajemski who would force all of Michael Malone's timeouts in the third quarter and then early fourth quarter. Pajemski was really good in this one. That three-pointer made it a 15-point Warrior lead at the time. Life was good, uh, but it did not stay that way. The Warriors ultimately fall to the Nuggets 130-127, to 127, but that was extending the three-point line brought to you by West Coast Men's Health, successfully treating men for ED and chronic pain. Visit westcoastmenshealth.com. All right, before we do say goodbye for tonight, and thanks to everyone for tuning in to an extended edition of Warriors Wrap-Up tonight, uh, let's give you our hardest worker of the game brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office who works hard to serve the community. Are you looking for a career in law enforcement? Learn more about job opportunities at joinacso.com. I'm tempted to give this to Brandon Pajemski, 13 points. You just heard from him on that three-pointer as called by the great Tim Roy. But considering how this game ended, I feel like I got to give it to Nikola Jokic. 34 points, 13 of 16 from downtown, 9 rebounds, 10 assists, and of course he hit the banked-in buzzer-beating 3 to win the game for the Denver Nuggets. He is our hardest worker of the game, again brought to you by the Alameda County Sheriff's Office. All right, that'll do it for Warriors. Wrap up tonight here on 95.7 The Game. Again, the Warriors fall to the Denver Nuggets, 130-127. to uh, The Warriors have no time to let this loss linger. They're back in action tomorrow at home against Denver, set, or pardon me, against Detroit, a uh, team with the worst record in the NBA, a chance for the Warriors to put this loss behind them. 7 o'clock tip. Coverage begins with Warriors Live here at 6 on 95.7 The Game. But for now, thanks so much for tuning in on this Thursday evening. For Chris O'Connell and Sterling Bennett across the glass, my name is Mark Randy signing off. The Warriors fall in heartbreaking fashion. Thanks for tuning in to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.